I'm Eric Martin. Welcome to Feeding Your Passion, the podcast for the entrepreneur and the food connoisseur. I'll be your host for our exclusive VIP dining experience where you'll meet top restaurateurs and other special guests. First, you'll get to know our celebrity restaurant owner, enjoy an amazing front-of-the-house virtual culinary experience, and then wrap up by learning key action steps, insights, and inspiration for thriving in the food service industry. Now, let's get rolling. Okay, Passion Nation, welcome to episode three of Feeding Your Passion, the podcast for the entrepreneur and the food connoisseur. I'm your host, Eric Martin. I'm excited to be here today with the amazing Carrie Bringle, owner of Pegleg Porker, uh, the Pegleg Porker brand and Pegleg Porker restaurant. Uh, if you want to be encouraged and inspired, then you're absolutely in the right place today. Okay. Carrie, before I give a full and proper introduction, say what's up to Passion Nation. Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on today. What's up, Passion Nation? I'm glad to be here, and hopefully, I can share some wisdom with you today. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see if I give you any good advice. There is no doubt that that's going to happen. So um, sounds great. So let's get let's get rolling, and uh, we're going to start with the front of the house. Ex- segment. This is a virtual VIP dining experience. And for all of you food connoisseurs out there, we want you to know uh, Carrie Bringle a little bit better because when you come in and you know the owner of the restaurant, it changes the entire experience. So what do you want our front of the house VIPs to know about your restaurant and the unique experience at Pegleg Porker that they may not know? Well, you know, the name Peg Leg Porker comes from the fact that uh, I lost my leg to bone cancer at age 17. And uh, so I had a battle with osteogenic sarcoma, went through heavy chemotherapy, and uh, luckily came out a survivor. Uh, that was due to a lot of uh, family and friends support. Uh, we are a 100% family-owned, independent restaurant. And uh, if you wonder what all that means, because there's, there's plenty of restaurants out there that are family owned and there's uh, plenty that are local. Uh, when I say that we're a hundred percent independent, uh, when you come to the peg leg porker, it's owned 100% by me and my wife and my children. Uh, we don't have any investors, no outside influences. Uh, we, uh, our staff is like our family and, uh, we truly are a family operation and, and we're local native Nashvilleans and born and raised here. Fantastic. And uh, as we before we roll on to the next question, I am going to give a full, complete and proper introduction to Carrie. It's an amazing success story. Uh, Peg leg porker. Um, but uh, a Nashville native pitmaster Carrie Bringle has been competing in barbecue contests for more than 25 years. And he has the blue ribbons to prove it with a deep southern background built around family values in valuing a good meal. Bringle founded Pegleg Porker in 2013. Pegleg Porker is named after Bringle himself and his greatest win, a cancer battle that he triumphed over at age 17. With his win, he lost his leg, which led him to create a new name and only added more fire to his passion for success. Upon opening his stores 
In the heart of Nashville, Peg Leg Porker was quickly named one of the hottest barbecue joints in the country by media outlet after media outlet, including Food Network, The Travel Channel, BBC, Southern Living Magazine, Texas Monthly, GQ, Garden and Gun Magazine, and many more. Peg Leg Porker is known for its juicy, smoked-to-perfection pork ribs drenched with a spicy dry rub after being cooked, as well as its homemade yet playful sides like Kool-Aid pickles and pork rind nachos. All things Peg Leg feel and taste like home. In 2016, Bringle founded Peg Leg Bourbon, the world's only bourbon brand owned by a pitmaster himself. The rich smoky notes are unmatched and created by a man who knows smoke better than most. Peg Leg Bourbon can be found across the country in New York, Tennessee, and Oklahoma, as well as tasted on site at the Peg Leg headquarters in the Gulch in Nashville. With more than six years of various industry nominations of the best barbecue in both media and by peers, the name Carrie Bringle in the Peg Leg Porker brand has grown from a must-stop barbecue place in Tennessee to a way of life. And uh, so that is a proper introduction to the lifestyle brand that Kerry has created. We are so excited to gain from his wisdom today. And uh, let's continue on with the front of the house experience. Tell us about uh, the most popular item on your menu. Uh, Describe that offering for us. Well, Eric, I would say that probably the most popular item on our menu is our dry ribs. And uh, those are a traditional uh, West Tennessee style uh, rib. It was it was actually originated by the the Vergus family at the Rendezvous in Memphis, uh, and they've they've been in business for seventy years. They do them a little bit different. They charbroil them over uh, live charcoal. We smoke ours uh, and cook them a little bit longer, so it's a little bit different. But what's what is the same is that we both have a barbecue seasoning. It's not a rub. It doesn't go on the meat before you cook it. It goes on the meat after it's already smoked or after it's already charbroiled and it gives it, it's a finishing uh, seasoning. So it's, you get all the brightness of the spices and you get all of the original flavor of the pork without adulterating it. And that's our biggest seller. We also sell almost the same amount of just pulled pork and pulled pork sandwiches. And and we're a pork barbecue place. You're not going to find brisket at the peg leg porker. Uh, we, we do pork and chicken. Absolutely. A true Tennessee style barbecue restaurant and both of those items I can attest to from trying them in the past. They are both fantastic for sure. So um, of all the items on your menu, uh, what's your personal favorite menu item? Take us there. Tell us the story behind that item and, and why it's your favorite. Well, I love our ribs. They've always been a passion of mine. And in uh, addition to going to the rendezvous, we there was a place on Overton Square called The Public Eye. And um, my memories of pulled pork and of, and of dry ribs come from my uh, grandparents on both sides of the family. Uh, they really instilled it in me at a young age, and it was something that we always enjoyed as a family. And uh, I knew the value and importance of, uh, of that meal. Uh, from a very young age, and and so it's it's got a special place in my heart because it really reminds me of my family, and then being able to share it with uh, my friends and show them about the same experience. Great, great, and I know that uh, 
every rack of ribs is the consistency is amazing from one rack to the next. They're picture perfect every time. So uh, that is, um, yeah, your ribs are absolutely fantastic. So what's another key item uh, or must try menu item when we come to your restaurant? Uh, Tell us about that item. And if you don't pick one of the sides, I'm thinking right now, I'll I'll chime in on that at the end, but uh, (laughs) tell us one of your favorite or, or tell us, one of the key must-try items on your menu. You know, we, we've got uh, we've got our baked beans and we got our smoked green beans, and both very popular. Uh, our mac and cheese is something that we waited to put on the menu until we felt like we had the best recipe and we were going to make it the absolute best that it could be. Uh, I feel like we did that. We've got a great. Uh, it's actually a shells and cheese. It's not macaroni noodles. It's shells. And I had a buddy that really put it, put the pressure on me. He said he told me not to have it on my menu uh, unless it was absolutely outstanding. And he lives in Atlanta, and, and he said that he was talking about how outstanding the Fox Brothers uh, mac and cheese was, and it is. It's, it's dynamite. So we wanted to make sure that if we came out with a side item like that, which children are going to order as well as adults, we had to make sure it was the right consistency and it was the right type of mac and cheese for uh, – for everybody to like from all walks of life. Right. Yeah. That, that, uh, both of those are all three of those sides are great. The smoked green beans, I have to say are one of my absolute personal favorites. I think it's absolutely one of the best sides in Nashville. Uh, it is a Tennessee style flat green bean and, and, uh, it is smoked to perfection, but that is a, that is a fantastic side. Yeah. Thank you very much. I would agree with that. So, now, share with us a key front-of-the-house strategy or core value or behavior geared toward maximizing each patron's experience that you teach your team. Well, you know, we teach our team that because this is a family-owned place, you know, when you're going to pay for a meal, you expect it to be good. It should be good. Uh, if you're paying for food, then you should expect it to be good. Uh, when you walk in the peg leg porker, we want you to feel like you're part of our family. Uh, we we used to invite people over to our house. We'd sit on the driveway or we'd sit on the side porch and uh, we would entertain and I would cook barbecue out there. And so that's the way we want you to feel when you come into peg leg porker. You, you know, my staff should treat you like family. Uh, everybody you encounter should treat you like family. And uh, we like to have families in here. We like for families to make this their tradition. And so. Um, what you should expect is kind of no frills. It's a cinder block walled place with not many windows and concrete floor. And, uh, but, but you should have a great experience and your kids should have a great experience. You should have good food served fast, but, uh, it should be done with a smile and with somebody, uh, treating you like they've known you their whole life. Well said. And I can say I've felt like family every time I've been in there and you guys have created an institution, a must-visit institution uh, that is part of the fabric of Nashville, no question about it. So uh, very good. That uh, As we're wrapping up uh, the front of the house experience, we're going to transition to the back of the house segment and uh, geared toward uh, the uh, restaurateur, current restaurateur, aspiring restaurateur, restaurant managers. Um, so let's, we're going to take this time and kind of pick Kerry's brain and learn from his knowledge and wisdom uh, that he's gained over the years. So 
What is one thing, Carrie, that you feel like you've done really well in the development of your restaurant? Well, Eric, you know, I've, I've been in several different uh, businesses and I've started a lot of different uh, companies. I've had some that were uh, some that that were great and some where the limb that I stepped out on broke out from under me. So <laughs> I tried to take right. all of those. I tried to take all those lessons and, and mistakes and apply them to the restaurant business. So when I approached the restaurant business, it was at a very different angle than a lot of restaurateurs. I, I viewed it as a business first and foremost. And if you can't sustain and maintain a business, then you really don't have any business being in the restaurant business. Um, it is, uh, uh, I, I tried to take a very methodical approach. We are, uh, you know, we are manufacturing food. We're We're cooking great food. And like I've said before, People are paying for it, so it should be good, um, and and you'd like it to be excellent. Consistency is key. We have a very small menu, and uh, I think we have three proteins and six sides. And the reason that we have a very small menu is so that we can be the best at what we do uh, of anybody else in the city. And um, I learned that at an early age. Uh, when I first got out of college, I worked at Houston's restaurant at the original Houston's restaurant. And that was kind of their philosophy. They said, you know, we've got a one page menu because everything on this menu should be the best in town. And um, there's a lot of great uh, barbecue in town. So there's a lot to compete with. But by keeping a very narrow focus, I think that it's made us um, one more efficient uh, and two more consistent. And, uh, and by approaching it as a business first and foremost, uh, we've been able to maintain a nice profit level and be able to service a good amount of people uh, in a short amount of time. Oh, very great points. Very great points. And during this time of COVID, which we'll get into before we wrap up, uh, there probably, there's probably a lot of wisdom in that answer that, that many people can take from uh, the points that you just made. So what menu item uh, and we may know this already, but what menu item has been your highest volume item, highest profit generator to date? And tell us uh, how you developed that item and promoted it to success. Well, I, I would say that our just a just a pulled pork sandwich is our most is our highest volume uh, item, and then probably you know it's it's right there at the top of any profit level. Uh, of any that we have the the way that we've kept it consistent is that we we try and we, you know we cook fresh every day and then we try to run out at the end of every day so that we are serving that fresh every single day uh, and the customer gets the best product but also instead of pulling it and letting it uh uh sit in a um a hot tray or on a on a, a cafeteria line, we don't pull that barbecue until you order it. So when your order comes through, uh, my person working the line that's on the meat uh, section physically pulls that right off of the butt uh, and to make your sandwich or to make your platter. And we do that so that it stays as moist as it can be without degrading any of the quality. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are the types of things that uh, – that make a difference in profitability long-term uh, also by keeping that short menu and, and, and having items that work on more than one menu item, 
Uh, we've got very little waste. I would say we have less than a half of 1% waste in this restaurant. Um, we, we roll through our food. We make what we need for the day. And then um, we, we move on to the next day and make food fresh every day. Uh, and, and that way we don't, we don't have a whole lot of waste. And that's a good thing. Very, very good points there. Fantastic. So uh, what is one thing you now know that you wish you would have known when you started your food service journey? Um, <laughs> how tough it would be to, to manage employees. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the, that is the toughest, uh, that's the toughest part of this business. And so yeah. we've tried to uh, treat our uh, staff and team members like family and make sure that they're taken care of. We try and make sure we pay them a fair wage, uh, which I think that we do and uh, provide them with benefits that'll, that'll keep them here. I'd rather have somebody that's loyal uh, and that does a great job uh, be here for, you know, six, seven years than flip people every six months. Uh, it's a, it's an expense that you don't need. And if you treat people right and with the respect in which you'd like to be treated, then uh, typically they want to stay. Absolutely. Well said. The team is very important. Let's just a kind of a follow up to that question. For anybody that's listening that is working in a restaurant that has aspirations to be a manager or possibly even own a restaurant one day, what are some tips that you can give them? What are things you look for in your Upward Mobile uh, team members and what do they do and what would you recommend that they do to help them progress in their career? Uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, the the main thing that, that you need to understand as a team member or as an employee is uh, if you only give so much what's what's required, then you're only going to get what's required for them to give you. Um, it, it's the it's my team members that go over and above that get the attention. If you're here on time, if you have a good attitude, a smile on your face, and if you are enthusiastic, then you typically get uh, the most attention. I can train you to do just about anything in this restaurant as long as you have uh, the the mental capability of picking it up. Uh, but it's that grit, it's that enthusiasm, it's that go getter attitude that I'm looking for uh, in a leader. And then it's also somebody that treats their peers with respect. And so, um, you know, in this industry, you can get a lot of yelling, you can get a lot of bad attitude. Um, you get a lot of people that show up late or that come and just move through the motions and don't care. Um, so when, when I see somebody that does care, that does, um, stand out, that does make the extra effort and that takes initiative to do things without being asked, uh, they become the leaders in my organization. Very valuable points that, that, uh, very good information. Thank you for that. So uh, next, take us to your worst and most challenging moment as a restaurateur. Tell us that story uh, and what you learned or gained through that experience. Well, I'd say that right now is probably the most challenging um, yeah. time as a restaurateur that we've had. Uh, but, you know, I had to furlough 45 employees uh, during this COVID uh, crisis, and uh, luckily we were able to bring them back very quickly, uh, 
and we tried to take care of them uh, while, while they were gone the best that we could uh, and keep in touch with them and let them know what was going on. Uh, it That was tough as an owner and as a friend uh, to most of the folks that I work with. Uh, it was a very hard day. We're working through it, and we're trying to keep a positive attitude about it. Uh, we are uh, staying active on social media. We are staying in front of our customers and letting them know what's going on. We're, we've changed protocols, and we've learned how to shift and how to um, pivot and, and, and change what we do on a daily basis to make sure our customers feel comfortable and feel safe. And that's made us be as successful as we can be during this time. Most people are just breaking even for the rest of the year, and that's what we aim to do. And we're looking to the future for next year and how we're going to make a positive, uh, keep these positive changes and move forward and have a great year next year. Great. Yeah. I, I, as we get through this, I think uh, everybody that – I mean, I think you made a few very good points, and, and that's giving clarity to your team, giving clarity to your customers. There's a lot of uncertainty out there. We can't – you know, none of us can predict the future, but we do know we will get through this. The food business is very resilient, and uh, there are 330 million people in this country that need to be served and fed, and and uh, it will come back. And I do believe, I believe 2021 will be a good year uh, in the food service industry. Right. So, uh, great. Um, so, operationally, okay, what are some of the biggest challenges you are facing today? that you would like to see inspire new product or industry innovation. Okay. So if there, if, if there are things going on in your operation, whether it's to go packaging a food product or technology, um, what is some type of innovation you'd like to see in the food industry that can impact the entire industry in a positive way or your business specifically in a positive way? You know, I think there's some different advancements. We just went on a system called Restaurant 365, and um, uh, it's been a tough implementation. I will not lie. It's very tedious and, and very detailed. But uh, once we're done, we'll be able to pull uh, all of the metrics, uh, just about any metric that we want. Uh, what I would tell to anybody looking to do a restaurant or in the restaurant business that might be struggling is that the more you understand everybody your cost and the more you understand your data from your customer experience to um, to your cost and uh, to your waste uh, and 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 supplier price fluctuations, the better off you'll be with with a comprehensive program like are on the market now. Uh, you can enter all that in. You can get some of these programs from your food supplier or you can find them on the open market. Um, but using technology uh, and even, you know, the social media platforms, uh, you can really grow your business and you can understand your business better than ever before. Uh, nothing beats feet on the street and being there with your customers and listening to their personal feedback. But you can also touch them during times like this through technology and uh, I love to see these advances made in our industry. Great. Yeah, those are those are great tools. So, okay, so what is your uh, favorite cooking technique or preparation method for serving a solid menu item and why? Well, we, I mean, we use a lot of smoke. So, I mean, for us, most of our favorite menu items are all cooked on the smoker and what I like about what we do, there's, there's, there's 
benefits to it and there's detriments to it. If you mess something up, you can't turn around and just recook it because it took 16 to 18 hours to cook. So <laughs> on the downside, right. if you screw it up, you're, you're, you, you're screwed. You, it's, it's wasted. Uh, right. The upside to it is that because most of our stuff is prepared with a long cook and with the smoker um, and, and, a, and a long preparation, uh, it's ready to go. So our food is, can come out very quickly. We have an average of about a four-minute you know, four uh, uh, customer wait time. Uh, for something to come out the window. I love that because the customer can come in, get a great meal and get out or get to their table. Um, uh, and so that's what I like about our prep and what we do is that it's, it's crafted over time, but once it's done, it's done. And uh, now we cook ribs all day long. We cook chickens all day long. We cook wings all day long. And it's funny sometimes when you hear a customer say, well, that came out too fast. Well, what did you expect that you were going to go to a barbecue place and we were going to cook your barbecue to order? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's been smoking all day. And so right. uh it's when it's either done or it's not. So it can come out very fast and that's what I like about our prep and about our system. Great. And I have heard you say personally that smoke is an ingredient. Smoke is an ingredient and you can use too much just like you can use too much salt or like you can use too much pepper. Uh, and so you have to temper it and you have to understand what you're working with. Uh, the great thing about what we do is that uh, I trained Steve Dresch over a 15-year period of time after just as I was trained uh, by uh, my family and by Ernie Miller, who I cooked with for years. And um, now Steve has passed that knowledge on to uh, his pit crew that are working here. And um, so you 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 pass on that knowledge of not over smoking, but just the right amount and, and what we're looking for, for a consistent product. Great. That sounds good. Uh, well, very good. A lot of very interesting points. We're going to move into uh, our lightning segment, which are called the final crumbs. And one of my favorite quotes is I'd rather eat a crumb from the table of a winner than a full meal from the table of a loser. And Carrie is no pun intended. He's got the smoke of battle all over him, uh, has created great success, has a lot of wisdom and knowledge. So let's carry that into uh, the final crumbs lightning round. So uh, what is one thing that you're the most passionate about today? I think the thing I'm most passionate about today is keeping this business afloat and making sure that right. my team members still have a job. Absolutely. That's worth fighting for, for sure. So what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I had ever received was if you want to live with the classes, feed the masses. And if you want to live with the masses, feed the classes. Right. Great. What book would you recommend to Passion Nation and why? Um, gosh, I, that's a hard one for me because I don't read a whole lot of books. I, I'm a, I, My attention span is too short. So I read uh, uh, articles. Uh, magazine articles. And um, I would just say, wake up every morning, uh, read about five or six or eight articles and educate yourself on the news of the day and on the industry uh, information every day. Great. Um, share a culinary technology or resource, and you may have done that in a previous question, um, uh, a technology or resource that you like that you feel everyone could benefit from. 
I like uh, rotisserie pit cookers, um, and uh, we use we can we cook with live coals on our front pits. We design and have our own line of pits that are wood and charcoal burning. Uh, but for the barbecue industry, the rotisserie pits that are either electric or gas assist have been a godsend. And some people believe in them and some people don't. I think the consistency of our product uh, shows that they are uh, well-oiled machines that can produce great stuff. And um, I would uh, challenge anybody to question my knowledge of cooking barbecue uh, and question why I use those pits. We use the right tool for the right uh, food product, and uh, those produce an excellent rib. Great. Great. Share one piece of advice for food service sales professionals to help them earn trust advisor status with any operator that they're working with? Uh, I think it would be be a trusted advisor. Be in the restaurant. Don't sit at your house and take orders. Uh, I can I can go find anybody to do that. In a food service provider, I'm looking for a partner. I'm looking for somebody who can bring me innovative ideas, and I'm looking for somebody that's here uh, to help give me solutions when I have a problem. Uh, don't be passive with your customers. Be active on a daily basis. Well said. And right now that's more important than ever as everybody, everybody's looking for various uh, solutions during these challenging times. So great. That wraps up uh, the final crumbs, our lightning round. We are now to the sweet course and um, uh, we'll end this amazing VIP dining experience with Carrie sharing one final piece of sweet advice. I would say that the uh, 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 best piece of advice I can give is, is uh, if you've taken the time to educate yourself, don't underestimate yourself and don't sell yourself short. Uh, there's a lot of people that are going to tell you that you can't do something. Um, can't never could. Uh, so take the opportunity to uh, believe in yourself and uh, I'll, I'll quote my friend uh, Kimmons Wilson, who was the founder of Holiday Inns. Uh, opportunity is all around us as long as you have a trained eye to see it, a trained ear to hear it, a uh, trained hand to grasp it, and a mind trained to use it. Uh, look for the opportunity around you. Don't, don't think about what you can't do. Uh, find what you can do. Absolutely. That's great. So, Carrie, as we wrap up, why don't you give a uh, I want all of our listeners to come see you at Peg Leg Porker, whether they're in Tennessee, in Nashville, or around the country or around the world. Give them a uh, true Tennessee invite to come see you at Peg Leg Porker as we wrap up. All right. If you're looking for real Tennessee barbecue, then come see us at the Peg Leg Porker. Uh, you won't be disappointed. We're going to feed you good. We're going to treat you well, and you're going to have a good time. It is a true uh, local Tennessee experience. Great. And with that, always remember that you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with Eric and Carrie today. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode of Feeding Your Passion. Until then, go be great, Passion Nation. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe. Also, please visit our website, feedingyourpassion.com, to sign up for our email list 
so that we can deliver each episode right to your inbox and so that you can give us feedback on our content because we want to be dialed in to what you're passionate about. Until next time, go be great, Passion Nation.